Bitcoin. Hello, Bitcoiners. You have made it to your market update for October 19th, 2017. Okay, tons of stuff to get to. I'm feeling a little under the weather today, but Bitcoin doesn't take a day off. There is no day off in Bitcoin, so we soldier on. Um, all right, let's take a quick look at the markets. We had this sell-off over the last couple days down to the midline of my pitchfork. It, it did overshoot the midline a little bit for about, I don't know, less than 12 hours, I think. So if you look at the daily candle, the wick, uh, the wick went through the center line of my pitchfork, which I tweeted out yesterday. So go take a look at uh, my Twitter, BTC MRKTS. That the wick went through the center line, but it that it did hold there, and now it's going back up. The end of the day yesterday, so about the last twelve hours have been very bullish. I mean, we went all the way from fifty one hundred all the way back up to mid what fifty seven fifty. So uh, well, let's take a look at the price right here. Bitstamp is showing fifty six ninety bouncing back and forth there is some resistance there's we're right at this trend line coming down from the all-time high through the recent highs and then to right now so if we break up here that's uber uber bullish i think we're going up uh, it might not do it right now uh, we'll see by the end of this recording if it has broken this because it seems like every morning that i'm recording this is a lot of price action happening one of the stories i'd like to concentrate on is the uh, normalization of the futures rates so we had we were in what is technically backwardation right where the futures price is lower than the spot price then when we shot up to all-time highs there was quite a large premium that's that went down to 5100 which i called on the last show i think i said we could wick down to about 52 5100 and um the futures price came down and actually again went below the spot price so that was a pretty good signal that, to me, uh, that the drop was not going to go that deep. I mean, we technically could have gone all the way down to 48 or even, uh, let's see, what would have been the next one? Like 4,500, but we didn't. We stopped at 50, 51 right at that center line, and now we're bouncing up. Very, very bullish. I have a couple stories here that will, when you read them, you'll just get ultra bullish. So uh, it, I, I don't see... This is not near the all-time high, or this is not near the top of this rally. And will we have a top of the rally? I don't even know. I've been saying this for two years, that we are in a different cycle now, a different phase of Bitcoin. If you look back at the very early uh, trading, you had these big speculative waves followed by big crashes in the market. The largest crash, I think, was from... $32 down to $2. That was a 95% correction. Then we also, you know, we had the big $1,200 run from, uh, from Mt. Gox, which now looking back on it was all fake trading by bots on Mt. Gox. But uh, we went to 1200 then we crashed all the way down to 180 That's a pretty sizable drop. But I don't see that type of pattern continuing. I see a new pattern emerging. And that is, you know, a few month rally followed by a 30 to 40% pullback by an immediate recovery and then new all time highs again. So how high can we go here? Well, my pitchfork has um, the top of the channel. You guys can see it. Like I said, I tweeted out an image. My pitchfork has a top of the middle band here at 66, roughly 6,600. And 
the trend line from previous all-time highs is up at 6,700. So I expect some sort of rally towards that. Okay, whether it's going to be on good news that two uh, X is having issues, or whether it's going to be on Ledger X news or something, but there's going to be some big news. And eventually, we're going to break this for uh, pitchfork to the top side. I think um, there is going to be a two X event here, and well, a doubling of the price event here in the next little while, uh, maybe you know within the next six months. I think so. We're talking twelve. 12,000. Market cap 94.6 billion. Global market cap has decreased. So the Bitcoin market cap has increased, but the global Bitcoin market cap, that's including all the altcoins because this is the Bitcoin space. Without Bitcoin, there would be no crypto space, okay, or blockchain space. So I call it the global Bitcoin market cap because that pays homage to Bitcoin. Anyway, that is at 169 billion. That's actually come down 5 billion at the same time that Bitcoin has increased by a billion in the last week. So the maximalist price of Bitcoin, which is this global market cap divided by the total Bitcoins outstanding, it has actually pulled back here at $200, um, $10,200. I think we're kind of starting this altcoin decline. And I wanted to talk about this because I think over the last two years, we've been in a very unique situation in Bitcoin's history. Okay. Um, we had Bitcoin kind of growing so much to its, it's, it grew so fast, so quickly it ran into scaling problems. Okay. And that left the door open for some overflow into altcoins. But now that we have SegWit, now that we're getting through all of these scaling problems for the time being, um, a lot of that altcoin money is going to come back into Bitcoin, especially with the forks that are happening. Um, you know, the best way to launch an altcoin now is going to be as an airdrop, as a fork. You can fork with massively different consensus rules, right? Like you don't have to fork and just change the block size. You can fork and change most of everything. And it would be an airdrop onto Bitcoin holders. That is a way to immediately get 15 million holders or probably less than that. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, that's that's an immediate way to kind of use Bitcoin's network effect. And so altcoins, this season of altcoins we've had over the last two to three years is coming to an end. And I think that that is just a phase in the growth of Bitcoin. Anyway, so the average transaction value on chain is $4,235. Quite a bit under one Bitcoin. We'll see how that evolves. Um, it was around one Bitcoin for a while with higher fees. But now that we have um, these fees are, are much lower after this debate has kind of stopped with Bcash forking off uh, and there's a lot less spam in the mempool that the fees have gone down. So the average transaction value going down is I think kind of logical. Okay. Uh, On-chain volume over the last 24 hours is $2.2 billion worth of Bitcoin transacted. That's gigantic. All right. SegWit percentage 14, roughly 14% of transactions now are SegWit transactions. Several businesses, several companies have uh, joined in with SegWit. And we see that as soon as blockchain.info gets there, 
Segwit stuff ready, which they delayed because they're working on Bcash. <laughs> they are an enemy of Bitcoin. They're an enemy of Segwit and scaling. They have delayed getting Segwit up and running so that they could work on Bcash. Latest difficulty retarget was uh, an additional 6.5%. I did tweet that out. So again, follow me on Twitter. And that's, it's really good. I think uh, the fork.lol retarget numbers are matching this better, what we actually see as a retarget, because it's very dynamic. Uh, and SEPA's numbers don't kind of keep up very quickly with what's happening and I know that it's an average over the last 2016 blocks, but uh, there's a lot of things happening with mining right now, and it just doesn't seem to uh, take everything into account. But right now, um, SEPA's numbers show negative 3% for the next difficulty retarget. That's still nine days away, uh, and fork.lol is showing 10% increase. So again, I, I did expect a, a single-digit increase, and we got that with a 6%. Um, I expect another maybe low single-digit increase, uh, maybe even an even, around 0%, 0 to 5% for the next one. That's my shot in the dark. Mempool, 22 megabytes. Uh, slightly bigger, but nothing to be concerned about. That Those will be cleared cleared up pretty quickly and again make sure you use your transactions off of daylight hours western daylight hours because that's when the mempool that's when most transactions happen so save it for like a saturday night or something like that where the the transactions won't be uh, the mempool won't be as clogged or daylight in china anytime just that's when you need to send your transactions Local Bitcoin's volume did increase this week up to 53 million. I expect the next number to be another increase. Paxful decreased by a tiny bit down to 9 million, but I'm, I'm very bullish on Paxful. I think they have a long way to grow, and I hope they, uh, maybe I'll have to do some research into them and see exactly what their plan is for the future and stuff, because th this is going to be a huge market, these peer-to-peer -peer transactions when you're buying um buying bitcoin because it gets around the regulation so like the chinese can't go on the exchanges as easily well they can go through local bitcoins or paxful and local bitcoins is the big daddy so it will be the it'll get all the attention from regulators um, but paxful might be able to slip under the radar a little bit another one again a third tertiary for this is bitsquare which is a client you download onto your desktop and you can trade uh, you know putting your own asks and bids in for all different currencies, not just Bitcoin. I think they have um, multiple altcoins on there as well. So total OTC, public OTC that we know about, uh, $62 million worth of Bitcoin in the last seven days. Let's get on to some stories. That's my pseudo fundamentals. Nobody knows like real fundamentals out there. Um, I did have a new site that I wanted to plug. I link it in the show notes. I also have a new page on my website that I just put up. It is bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash resources. And that's just a list. I kind of copied Lops, uh, Jameson Lops resources page, but I, you know, curated it a little bit. I, so I added this link here. This is from Clark Moody. They have a futures uh, curve. So they show uh, perpetuals on BitMEX, perpetual futures. That's eight, like eight hour futures. And then uh, one week, two week, three month for OKCoin okay and three month for BitMEX. And those the three month features are a little bit different because uh, 
actually OKCoin's three month futures runs out two weeks previous, which is a little bit um, hard to wrap your head around, but um, maybe I'll talk about that on a future show if you guys have questions about it. Speaking of futures, let's talk about the 2x futures. They, We have about 28 days till this 2x hard fork is, is supposed to kick off. Remember, it's a block height, so that can change if the Bcash difficulty crashes and lots of blocks are mined in the, you know over a week's period. That could actually come down a whole week, maybe, or down to two weeks out from from where we are right now but right it's it's sitting at 28 days still estimated now for futures for 2x there's three markets we had started with bitfinex thank you bitfinex thank you okcoin for coming out and doing this great service for bitcoin offering this futures market thank you guys i think you're doing a, a good job keep it up uh, and now hit btc has also come out with their futures market but i haven't um i haven't looked at hit btc's really at all pretty much they're all showing roughly the same and that is the 2x coin is trading at uh, 0.12 0.12 to 0.15 somewhere in that area and that is interesting because uh, ok coin actually put out a i linked to this in the show notes so you can see it but uh, they they put out a twitter poll and they said hey are you going to sell your 2x well let me pull this up because I don't remember the exact wording of the poll. Um, they said, is Segwit 2x a real Bitcoin? Question mark. Yes, no. And no got 85%. And yes got 15%. And then when you look at the futures market, it was almost the exact same. It was showing that the 2x coin was worth 14%, while the, the legacy chain is valued at 86%. Of the price of a bitcoin so it matched up almost perfectly and to me this this is good enough to for me this is good enough but it's got to be super scary for these 2x people out there because all these futures exchanges are showing the same thing so anyways moving on i reiterate that the best case for 2x is to be an altcoin and i've been saying this for a couple weeks now um, we see that some of these exchanges, the wording from these exchanges like Biffinex and OKCoin or OKX, they don't even know if there is going to be a fork. If you look at the wording of their, their press release for these features, they say, if a fork does not occur, this is, this is what's going to happen. If a fork does occur, this will, is what happens. So they, not everybody's convinced that a fork is even going to happen. Another thing about this is that when, when Bcash forked off, they had some big players. Uh, Roger Ver and his deep pockets, they have supported the Bcash price from just totally crashing. And they've orchestrated some pump maneuvers, you know, where <laughs> this most recent one, they um, filled up a couple blocks with transactions to make the volume look like it has, ink has doubled on chain. And then they stopped mining so that nobody could send their coins into the exchange and they pumped the price. Okay. And just 
the the that type of support for the price we weren't we won't see really with with 2x plus you know you have jihan's deep pockets as well uh, and his uh, all the mining hash rate that's uh jihan controls you know he can try to they're trying to figure out how to support bcash that won't happen with 2x 2x does have big parties behind it but even some miners now like via btc has come out and said they'll support both chains. So they're going to split their hash rate. Um, and I'm, I'm sure most of the miners are looking at that exact same thing. Bitfury, though, has said that they won't support two chains. That they only support 2x in that there won't be two chains. <laughs> that it will win outright, right away. And since that won't happen, you know, Bitfury might not even mine the 2x chain. But the deep pockets aren't there to support Bcat or 2x. So... Yeah, and the companies are also saying like BitGo and Zappo, even though they are enemies of Bitcoin right at this moment, um, they have said they're going to follow the quote unquote longest chain. Of course, what they mean to say is longest valid chain, because if you look at Bcash's chain, they have more blocks. They're actually a longer chain than Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is the valid block. And that that doesn't even pass very simple examination, because... If there's a 51% attack on the network, or even a 70% attack on the network, and they build up six blocks that double spend shit, you know, right? You're going to follow the valid chain that's six blocks shorter because it doesn't have double spend and it follows the same rules. It follows a valid rule. So it has to be the longest valid chain. And so these companies supporting the, the longest valid chain, they, they will support uh, Bitcoin and not 2x coin. Bitcoin. Another, um, I have a few other things here about 2X. So them not having replay protection is a weakness for 2X. It's not a strength. They're trying to say we don't need replay protection because we are Bitcoin. Core needs to add replay protection because they are no longer Bitcoin, right? Core is supposed to be the altcoin now. But in reality, this actually helps people because uh, there's this new website. It's a 2xdumper.com. I link to it in the show notes. And... Um, this, you know, not having replay protection leaves them open to creative users doing something like this 2x dumper is doing. And that is where you can send your coins in, your your bitcoins in. They'll they will automatically dump your 2x ones. They'll split it for you, dump it, plus up, and send it back to you. It's all automatic. And that's a user solution. And remember, there is no user support for 2x. It's only CEO support. You might have five to 10 active users of Bitcoin that are supporting 2X, but 99.9% .9 of users do not support 2X. And we see this all the time with these meetups. Now the latest is, uh, I think like Brazil and Argentina or something down in South America, Those their big meetups have come out against 2X. So just over and over and over, we see the users do not support 2X. Next thing I have is Mike Belshi. <laughs> He's the CEO of Bitco, and he has a couple Medium posts that I linked to. And he has now almost infamously been arguing with his CTO. And so let's see, that's Dave, Ben Davenport uh, is the CTO, I think. And uh, Jameson Lopp, who is, is, it, he's, is he the CSO? I'm not sure, but he's, he's an, another C-level guy there, I think. And um, he's been arguing with them on Twitter, where both Ben and... Jameson support uh, 
the legacy chain, and Mike Belshi supports this corporate takeover chain. It's very interesting. I mean, we can be hostile against Mike Belshi, which I am, but uh, it just the pure fact that these guys are arguing on Twitter from the same company is very interesting to me. Okay, what other news do we have? I'll do some quick, quick news here. So um, there was a guy on CNN. CNBC, and he was talking about the way to help Venezuela is to is through the Bitcoinization of the country. I linked to that in the show notes. It's a little two minute video from a Reddit post. Um, here's a really good blog post by Reformed Broker. It's called "An Evening in Wonderland," and uh, he's a pretty big trader on Twitter. I think he has nine hundred thousand followers, and he went to a um, quote unquote meetup in New York City. It was a bunch of high-powered people like uh, the CEO of Fidelity. Uh, there was you know, Elizabeth Stark from Lightning Network. Um, all sorts of people like high-up Bitcoiners and uh, high-up traditional finance. And his piece is really good. He talks about how people are just, it's they're coming. They're just kind of waiting for the dam to break. They don't want to be the first one through the door. So they're kind of waiting for somebody big to take that uh, first step. I thought what was interesting is that CEO of Fidelity, I forget her name. It's a lady. She could be a lady in Bitcoin, uh, a woman in Bitcoin too, because she has a mining rig in her office. The CEO of one of the largest uh investment firms or investment funds fidelity has a miner in her office i thought that was crazy crazy bullish anyway you guys can check that out it's linked in the show notes bitfinex freezes some accounts so there was some fud going around about uh, bitfinex and their customer support being not very uh, responsive a lot of people's accounts were being frozen or taken down and uh, now it's kind of all happen. I, I, at the time, I was like, why don't these exchanges have a warrant canary, right? Because that would make a lot of sense. But anyway, so it turns out there's only uh, a very small percentage, like less than a percent of accounts that have been frozen because of compliance. They have like this quarterly or yearly compliance process they go through and they froze these accounts. Um, it's totally logical to me, but this isn't new. Coinbase will regularly freeze accounts when they track because they track your movement of your coins out of your account. And if you go to the dark net right away, like you transfer from uh, Coinbase to uh, like a dark net thing to purchase drugs, they will freeze your account. Um, so it, this is a very big point about uh, washing your coins, keeping them as anonymous as possible, knowing what jurisdiction you're trading in. If you're trading on these shitcoin exchanges, um, Bit Bittrex is a leading shitcoin exchange and they have they performed performed very well during the Bcash uh, craziness. So I, I'm not worried about them having like solvency issues or, um, you know, stuff like that. But uh, in the coming altcoin massacre, big altcoin exchanges could have problems. So just be watching out for that. Okay, and lastly, I just want to talk really quick about this uh, China National Convention, this 19th um, Communist Party meeting that they're having over there. And not much news is out right now because it's it's going on right now. Um, they did have their opening of it with uh, Xi Xi, uh, what is it? Xi Jinping is his name. He's the leader of the Communist Party over there, and he had a three-hour speech where um, you know it was just probably a lot of hot air. Uh, 
just like the State of the Union type stuff uh, in the U.S. But um, I have a few. I found an article about three major takeaways. And let me pull that up. Three major takeaways from this, according to thediplomat.com, uh, is China will create a world-class military. That's happening. Uh, okay, flexing muscle towards Taiwan was the second point. Uh, I don't think there will be anything happening there. Maybe in 10 to 20 years, when China is very dominant in the world, there will be some sort of conflict there. But uh, I would not want to be on Taiwan when that when that happens. And then they, so they talked hard on Taiwan, but they talked a little softer on Hong Kong and Macau. Um, of course, they said, we want you to invest in mainland China because Hong Kong standard living is so much higher. They want to, to see investment back into mainland China from Hong Kong. And uh, they said, you know, they re he reaffirmed their authority in Hong Kong, but didn't say like, we're going to crack down or anything like that. So um, for the time being, uh, Hong Kong's independence looks secure, but if they don't start playing ball with Beijing uh, with investing back uh, again, like I said, into the mainland, then maybe there's going to be some sort of regulation going on, a harder crackdown on Hong Kong and Macau. But that's just something to keep in mind. So that's all I could really find about the first day. I'm sure we'll see some more things. And of course, Bitcoiners are interested in this because after this is over, I mean, they might say something during this about um, cryptocurrencies, but after this is over, we expect some sort of uh, word on exchanges. Like, are they going to reopen? Do they get licensed? You know, are the ICOs back on? Um, how, how is this uh, going to look after this, this meeting? So that's why Bitcoiners are interested. And I, I touch on this because I asked for questions yesterday on my Twitter. And I'm seeing another one right now. <laughs> about Beagold. So let's see, also uh, maybe the impact to markets as Beagold approaches and after things. Um, yeah, Beagold, I'm still bullish on it. And it's for simple, simple reasons. Uh, because of the name gold, it's going to like, gold bugs are going to look at this and maybe they don't want to uh, swallow their pride and buy Bitcoin, but they'll buy something that says Beagold in it or gold in it. And so a lot of these Gold bugs will be moving over to B gold, and I think that's that's interesting. Uh, also, the GPU aspect. Some people might see this as a, a benefit for them um, for decentralized mining, and I agree with that. I think that's um, probably going to be good for them, and it's going to be a good uh, black and white comparison to Ethereum's proof of stake and proof of work. All these miners are going to be going over to B gold. And I think it's going to be a pretty good lesson for everybody out there um, when, because I don't think proof of stake is going to be very good for Ethereum. But anyway, it gives those Ethereum miners another place to go. So that's why I'm kind of bullish. I'm probably going to hold my Beagold. And out of the three forks, if you count Bcash, 2x, and Beagold, I think Beagold will end up being the most valuable. So I'm going to hold those for a while, even though it's it's going to be a little crazy. They don't they don't have the huge marketing budget that Bcash did does uh things like that but uh, you know it will be i like that because it has to stand on its own two feet first there is a possibility that forks off and it crashes okay but if it doesn't if it actually has some um quality developers and you know they're friendly to bitcoin they're not trying to take over bitcoin or anything they're not trying to get take the brand or stuff like that so uh they're going to be 
developers are going to be able to uh, get help. There'll probably be a much better grassroots developer uh, process there. And uh, so I think it's Beagle's good. Okay, I have another one here about uh, decentralized versus centralized exchanges. Um, let's see. People have been saying, talking about this forever. But in the near future, it's not going to happen because of big money like Fidelity or pension funds or in college endowments or, uh, you know, some of these, this big money will not trade on decentralized exchanges. Yes, you'll have BISC and there will be small amounts of volume and people will be able to use them. The price won't be as good, right? Because the exchanges will have much more liquidity, but there will be de decentralized exchanges like BISC and I think Join Market is another one. And there's, there's other things out there. And those are coming, especially with Lightning, long-term. I mean, 10 to 20 years, we'll still have 90% of the volume on centralized exchanges, which is okay with me as long as we don't have bailouts. And as long as, like, the only time we'd come into problems is if we have sort of a tether system that is controlled by a central government or somebody that can just counterfeit these and uh, users have to take it. Of course, users will move, but... Uh, that's the only type of bailout I see in the future with, with decentralized exchanges. So as long as we have a diverse economy of centralized exchanges, I don't see a real big problem. Um, I would like to see more. You know, each country at least should have one. There's, what, 192 countries in the world or something like that, 200 maybe. And each country should have their own Bitcoin exchange. Some of them will have very low liquidity, but... Uh, they're still they still should have a, an on-ramp there for for their people and others will be moving back and forth to uh, trade there so anyway that's kind of what i think about centralized versus decentralized exchanges okay hope that answered you guys question thank you for sending me those and i will be doing that more in the future so uh, i'll the day before each episode i'll just if i remember <laughs> i'll put out a tweet uh, soliciting questions and hopefully that works for everybody bitcoin all right that does it for today guys thank you so much for listening my name is ansel linder this is bitcoin and markets if you'd like to support the show go to patreon.com forward slash bitcoin and markets thank you to all my patrons you guys are the greatest uh, i'm going to be doing uh, i had a 50 dollars supporter on patreon which is amazing and uh, they have requested me to do a, a kind of a breakdown or a show on ripple and some uh, another altcoin i think ethereum and so i will be doing that in the near future that's it guys thank you again see you soon thanks for